0: Hello and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Relay FM network. I'm Quinn Rose and I'm here as always with my co host, Jillian Barker.
1: Hey everyone! Hey Quinn! Hey! Guess what? What? We're in the same room recording. We're together again. Uh, reunited and it feels so good. I know that's not the melody, but I don't even know what you're singing. Oh, well. We're reunited and it feels so good. Yay.
0: Yes. So, uh, Jillian and I are moved back in. Um, we are roommates again. Senior year starts tomorrow. So that's less fun, but it's okay because we get to live in a beautiful room with all of our friends. Um, and classes will be fine.
1: Yeah. College would be so much better if we didn't have to go to class. Honestly,
0: I've been on campus for three days and I kind of forgot that I would have to go to class because all I've been doing is like decorating my room and
1: seeing people. And then I'm like, oh no. Oh, oh no. Classes start in 24 hours. I know. I went to Staples today and I like got, you know, poster tape and I was like, oh, I should probably buy like a notebook or something. (laughs) Or something. (laughs) Something to write with. That's fine. You just need like a pencil and you're good. Exactly at
0: any rate um i'm just hoping that we get to graduate at this point before the world ends
1: yeah a lot of the things that have been happening is are events from like that movie did you see the movie 2012 i did not no okay well basically it's just like a complete disaster and it's the apocalypse and all these natural disasters happen um which is unfortunately ver- some foreshadowing it
0: kind of got to the point where i was
1: reading news stories and i was like
0: Oh wow, there's like so much flooding here. And there's flooding over there. There's flooding over here and oh my.
1: Oh, this is this is all a very bad sign. <laughs> yeah, Hurricane Harvey hit Texas um a few days ago and the aftermath has just been com- a complete disaster. Um thousands of people had to leave their homes. There have been at least 9 deaths reported so far. So, it's just wow. Yeah, it's it's the actual hurricane itself
0: um, was not nearly as bad as the flooding that has happened since mm-hmm. um people have been trapped in their home. There's need to have been extensive search and rescue of just getting people out um as water is just literally filling up the streets and their homes and destroying cars and a ridiculous amount of damage and it's it's so sad because like a lot of these people were told not to evacuate um mm-hmm. and then suddenly like. They're stuck with these these flood levels, and I, um, at this point, it looks like the worst is over. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, but there's still going to be absolutely still a lot of rescue and uh, rebuilding and work to be done for years, probably after this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been. They were saying that this is like the worst, um, the worst flooding in hundreds of years, or at least at least in Texas, and it's just the aftermath and trying to rebuild and just honestly I can't even imagine being in the position that most of these families are in because to me it's just so unfathomable how it's like you have your life and your house and then all of a sudden like how quickly that can change because of some natural disaster.
0: It's it's difficult to plan for this kind of thing because even if you know if you live in an area that's suspect to hurricanes or this kind of thing which I'm not. I'm, I've only ever lived in the Northeast. I mean, we get snowstorms, but it doesn't have the same kind of effect that these giant natural disasters do. But there's only so much that you can do to prepare for that kind of thing. And and if you are unlucky, then you're unlucky, and, and your home gets destroyed.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where like even with as much preparation, even you had known about it, like. What they said, even the experts were like, we did not imagine something happening to this scale. Like this is completely, the extent to which this damaged Texas was completely, unpredicted, um, and it's just it's just awful. Especially since Texas is in a warmer climate, and so automatically that exacerbates the problem, especially with regard to flooding.
0: You've yeah, been hearing different reports on. Um, exactly the magnitude. I've heard 500 years flood and 800 years flood. And what that means that that is that there's a one in 500 chance that it could happen in a year or like a one in 800 chance it could happen in a year. So, you know, not very likely. Mm -hmm. Um, And so these kinds of floods and events are cropping up more and more often, even though you would think it would, um, statistically speaking, wouldn't happen very often. It, you know, they're increasing. Mm -hmm. I wonder why.
1: Well, let's look at uh, our fa- one of our favorite topics.
0: Yeah, there have been a lot of lines drawn between this um, and climate change, of course. Um,
1: oh, I also just want to make an interjection from my libertarian class. We talked about natural disasters as a result of climate change and what, like, what the libertarian perspective on that is. And my professor was literally like, don't live in these areas, problem solved. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> if you That's, can do that
0: <laughs> that doesn't really work especially since the one of the effects of climate
1: change is that these areas get bigger and bigger and it's yeah so <laughs> okay thank you professor i see where we stand on this topic now mm-hmm. yeah
0: um so some of the lines that scientists have drawn about the effects of climate change in Hurricane Harvey is, like not necessarily that like the hurricane was caused by climate change because, I mean, hurricanes have always happened um, since we had this kind of environment, right? But um, that they're basically making the effects worse, Um, like warmer temperatures in the ocean. So, you know, you have more moisture in the air, you get more rainfall, rising sea levels are going to contribute to flooding, all these kinds of things. Um, uh, There are weaker winds, so it's not... Driving the storm off as fast as it should, which has also been linked to an effective climate change, so all these things are are combining together to contribute to worse and worse disasters, like what we're seeing with hurricane harvey
1: mm-hmm. and for in general, like correlation does not equal causation, so global warming or climate change didn't cause this hurricane, but like Quinn said, the effects of the environment being in a much worse place than it was years ago just does not make the problem or the aftermath any better
0: exactly and that um while we're seeing flooding in texas we're also seeing even worse just horrible flooding in other parts of the world um southeast asia is specifically suffering from this right now places in india bangladesh uh, nepal pakistan um yeah different areas and all those places are just having horrible horrible flooding um, from a really bad monsoon season and the death toll is over a thousand. People just being lost from their homes and everything. And then also in Sierra Leone there have been horrible floods and mudslides that have contributed to the death of over 400 people Um, and again mass evacuations uh, homes being destroyed. Just horrible disasters all around. And while um, things are bad of course with hurricane harvey and it's going to take a long time to reconstruct the area things are a whole lot worse than these other parts in the world um partially because of you know a more hard-hitting disaster but also because of um weaker infrastructure mm-hmm. and the areas that they're hitting or have a lot more vulnerable populations and so i think the death toll um at the time that we're recording this in texas is being reported i think at nine or ten people um whereas it's over 400 over Mm a thousand in these different areas
1: Mm -hmm. and especially with regard to Sierra Leone like they're just they still are trying to recover from the Ebola crisis Um, that was three four years ago and this mudslide that did happen this natural disaster literally happened in Freetown the capital so again one of the places that are more susceptible to damaging homes of Populations um, in Sierra Leone, so it's just not—it's just not great for Sierra Leone right now.
0: Yeah, they're struggling with a lot, and I mean, these are places, the, the populations that are suffering the most from this. In all of these locations, are going to be um, people that are economically disadvantaged, mm-hmm. and it's just like all of these things about the natural world and the economic world and culture—they're all linked so closely together when these kinds of disasters hit.
1: Mm-hmm. But I guess. It's interesting to talk to it's interesting to think about like our ethical obligation to helping other people in in different countries that aren't like under the jurisdiction of the US um, and I mean I guess it's not not a problem but it's definitely an issue that we've come across over the years whether it's you know a tsunami or um, Hurricane Katrina even though that was local but it is just a question of what is our obligation, and can we do something in addition to, you know, donating by donating our own money? Like, is there there are a bunch of service trips that have happened um, when natural disasters occurred, but it's just it's an interesting question, I think. For
0: sure, because um, this is the kind of thing where, like a lot, a lot of other countries sent um, help for Hurricane Katrina. Like, like other people contributed towards. Um, helping the U.S. rebuild this area and then the U.S. sends help and people and volunteers to countries that are suffering from, you know, similar levels of natural disaster when they're not going to be able to rebuild themselves or it'd be like to or it'd be a significant hardship um, to rebuild without help. And I think that is a very important part of living in a global society and I I think that, I mean, I value that, that the help that we, that countries give each other in times of natural disaster like this more than for example like military intervention that gets very messy and political and sometimes um does more harm than good whereas you know like sending water for people who need water there's i mean while it does have an economic cost to the country that is providing it it's not going to have like A negative political cost in any way, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I've read in some articles that one of the few positives that do come about from these natural disasters is this unified mindset um, of a lot of residents in the different countries. Uh, One example I can think of is the earthquake in Haiti a few years ago, where celebrities were coming out donating money, and it was just this very uh, positive atmosphere in the aftermath with regard to donations and trying to get help and sending volunteers um but again it's it's hard i think to maintain that um so that's you know that's just another issue like how long can we do this like how long can we help these people like before moving on to other issues slash if another disaster occurs because it's like newer things are the more attention it gets and then these things fade into the background but it's still like it still deserves attention, even though it may not be getting it, because it is a disaster and people need to rebuild their lives.
0: Yeah, it's such a double-edged sword. Because on the one hand, like the media attention can, in the case of Haiti, attract a lot of donations and help to site. Even though, I mean, even that was complicated and there were so many stories of donations that never reached Haiti mm-hmm. and all that kind of messy stuff. But on the other hand, like, um, are we going to have the same outpouring for what's happening in India right now? It doesn't look like it from the the what's happening and of course like the human attention has limits and we like we can't like natural disasters happen constantly if you look at on a worldwide scale and so we, we can't pay this much attention to every single event but it's so arbitrary Let's mm-hmm. get i mean it's not it's not arbitrary because stuff that happens in the western world gets paid a lot more attention to by people in the western world who tend to have you know more money and resources for this kind of thing um and even but beyond that um
1: it definitely is arbitrary though like when it comes to which countries disasters make the news and it's like okay maybe this country is going to get a lot of news um and thus, thus resources when people find out about it but that's still like still like the second worst country is still not getting the resources it needs so it's just like this imbalance um which is just super unfortunate but like you said we can't it's impossible to help everyone after every single disaster
0: mhm absolutely and it's tricky as well because, you know, you want countries to be able to pull together and to, um, you know, help their own and, and rebuild themselves. Because I, I think that whenever possible, if com- communities in a larger level countries can rebuild their own problems, then it makes a stronger society. But if that presents a hardship that's beyond their capabilities, and like, that's not the fault of that place, you know, then th- that's again why we live in a global society and i think that's a really important part
1: of living in a global society is helping each other Mm -hmm. and additionally like i'm all for money and capitalism and like money does a lot of things but especially with complicated issues and and in these countries especially with natural disasters like money can only get you so far because it's like okay we can spend money on food and then like send that out and that's like very straightforward but a lot of the problems is within the infrastructure and the way these countries are built. And it's just, that just makes everything worse because it's not like it's, we can throw money at you, but it's not like there there needs to be something more like money is, it's not going to be as simple as just buying food, right?
0: Yeah. For example, like with this flooding in South Asia, um, so many people have been dis- killed and displaced from their homes because... They are generally people who are poor, who don't have the resources to um, be living in like really stable areas in the first place. And yeah, absolutely, we, we like we should be doing what we can, and our country should be doing what they can to um, put these people in homes and to supply them with food and water and everything. But then after that, like if they don't have safe permanent settlements, if they don't have the resources to be able to evacuate when these disasters are coming, then it's just going to happen over and over again.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... A lot of it. I'm not saying you can prevent natural disasters, but you can have better infrastructure that can handle it more efficiently. And that in itself is just a challenge, and is going to take way more than um, monetary donations for this to happen. Because you need you need manual labor, you need volunteers, you need all of these different you know cranes and whatnot. So it's just. The infrastructure problem is just a huge, huge issue.
0: Of course, our thoughts are with um, the people around the world who are suffering from these disasters, and like always, there will be links in the description for places you can go to um, read more and donate money if you would like Mm to.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: To continue our theme of Apocalypse Week, there have been some really interesting stories in the medical front uh, recently including one about decreasing sperm counts in the United States
1: and Europe. Mm hmm yeah. A recent study suggested that most men in the U.S. and Europe could be infertile by 2060, which is not too far off from now. No, that's, like, that's really soon. That's that's
0: wild. Um, Yeah, so this study is... I mean, it's not without its criticisms, which we'll get into, but um, it was a giant study that analyzed basically all the research that's been done on sperm counts in the past however many years. Um, So absolutely huge, thousands of people, um, and they try to account for as many deficiencies as possible that were done in the original studies. Um, So they have been commended for the rigor that they've applied to the research there. And they found that sperm counts in men in North America, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand declined between 50 and 60 percent in the last 40 or so years. Mm -hmm. that's so much, Mm -hmm. so much.
1: Yeah. And it's crazy because at least from an economic standpoint, we look at countries and we see that birth rates have been declining, but that's mostly because of cultural changes, societal changes. People are just having less kids um, than they were, you know, like 40, 50 years ago. But this just brings a whole other element of science. And obviously as Quinn mentioned that some of the methods may be questionable and like this evidence is not enough to, you know, support, like, we still need to do more research, um, to back this up, but it's just, it presents just this really scary, you know, future world where people can't have kids.
0: Yeah. Well, but what's really interesting is the disparity. And then like sperm counts in people, um, in the so-called Western world are decreasing Mm -hmm. significantly, but they did not find the same kind of decreases in people in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So that's, interesting
1: and disturbing considering i mean it ha- it's it's definitely related to health um especially since like i know the united states is not exactly the healthiest country in the world despite the uh, ridiculous amount of money we spend on health care
0: yeah which we've gotten into before <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah but the thing is sperm count is really sensitive to a lot of different health problems um it, it's been Linked to all sorts of stuff, um, and exposure to chemicals, and you know, certain kinds of cancer. Um, expo- like
1: stress and diet are also factors that can contribute to infertility. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a lot. Yeah, there's so much that
0: goes into it, and it's not fully understood. Um, like all things in science, um, <laughs> which is part of the problem. And they definitely don't understand why they're seeing this dramatic drop. Mm-hmm. And of course, like. As always, like, more studies will have to be done to confirm this. Um, One issue is that um, it's possible that they're just not seeing the same kind of drops um, in people on other parts of the world because they don't have as much data um, as people who are not in the Western world. Um, So it's possible that we'll even be seeing drops once we have a more comprehensive picture in other parts of the world. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: for now, we just, like, really don't know why this is happening or, like, why Mm -hmm. the disparity. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty scary.
1: Yeah, especially since like we can take all the factors that they've studied, and still like try to pinpoint what exactly is causing this. But then again, like this is just—I think it's a lot of this can come from just lifestyle choices, right? And so it's just very hard to differentiate between decisions and figure out what is the leading cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, based
0: on the research that they have so far, it looks like it's important to be. You know, decreasing use of pesticides, and, and like there are lots of chemicals in, in certain plastics that can be dangerous to people and can affect sperm count. But then also, yeah, like you said, like it, it comes down to choices in diet and exercise for a lot of people. And I mean, that's not the kind of thing that we can regulate, and, right. but if it gets to the point where we're actually looking at danger as being able to reproduce as a species, then... <laughs> That's, a, that's extreme, but they're saying it's not outside the realm of possibility.
1: Yeah, but then again, with the way the world is <laughs> turning out to be right now, I don't know if an extinction is the worst
0: idea I've ever heard. I gotta say this is a new extinction theory for me to be worried about, because I'm worried about all sorts of things now. We've got nuclear war. we got climate change. we got maybe an asteroid will hit the Earth. Now we've got infertility.
1: I can't wait to be worrying about this when I'm trying to fall asleep tonight. <laughs> it's just funny because we were like, yeah, like 2016 was the worst year ever. Like 2017 has to be better. And then it's like, nope, JK, this maybe 2018 will be our year. It
0: really is wild that there are so many ways that the world keeps throwing these things at us. I just, I, this isn't something that occurred to me. It's just something that could go wrong. And here we are.
1: Yeah, pretty much just nothing is going to phase us anymore. We've seen it all.
0: I do have to note um we'll come back to the actual medical conversation moment, but remember when they were just like randomly killer clowns last year? Oh my god, there were some in my town and that's just like ugh. But this is the thing is like I kind of forgot about it until someone reminded me it was like, "Oh, it's almost time to find out if the killer clowns were a one-time thing or an annual appearance." And I was like, "Oh, Mm -hmm. Because they just kind of stopped happening, and then we all just kind of forgot about it and moved on because we were so worried about other things. But now Mm -hmm. I'm like, what did happen to all those clowns? What even was that?
1: And it happened around this time, too, whether fall, back to school, maybe Halloween. So we'll we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that. I can't wait. I love it. I hate clowns. Oh, my God.
0: I also hate clowns. Sorry, people who are good clowns. I appreciate your work, but... Not for me.
1: No. So, Quinn and I will not be seeing the movie It.
0: Oh, my God, no. (laughs) Hard pass. I don't even like horror movies as it is. Same. But back to sperm counts. So, (laughs) back to reality. It's fine. This is the kind of thing that it's weird to talk about because there's so much that we don't know. And there's not really, I mean, there's especially nothing that we can do. Right. Um, If you are a person with a sperm count, maybe get that checked out
1: i don't know can you
0: you can get that checked out
1: right like yeah you can but again it's going to cost hella money oh yeah i'm going to pay you a lot of money to tell me what is wrong with me and then i'm going to pay you more money to tell me how to fix it and i'm going to pay you additional money to actually fix it for me
0: yeah that's how the american healthcare system works yep but i guess it's important for people to be thinking about um your diet and exercise or this kind of thing. I mean, unless you don't want to have kids, then do whatever you want, I guess. Eat your vegetables, do your squats. This topic is hard because I don't really want to, like, support paternalism. Because, I mean, I know I'm probably not as against it as you are. Yeah, I hate paternalism. Let's just make that clear. Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, <laughs> I mean, and I, I do think there are definitely some parts where it's, like, some aspects where it's fine and, like, maybe even necessary. Um and so, paternalism is like, it's like fancy social science term for, um, when external forces encourage choices, like not forcing them and encouraging them, like putting healthy items in front of unhealthy items to make people more likely to choose the healthy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the time it's like fairly innocuous, but yeah. there's also like weird implications for free will and all sorts of fun stuff. But anyway, um, so I don't want to be like, oh, we need to be like changing people's individual lifestyle decisions or anything like that because I think people should be able to make their own decisions but it also goes back to if this is a question of the future of our species does it cross the point where that becomes necessary
1: I mean I think the most we can or at least what I'm thinking we should do is just make all of this information publicly available that like hey make better life life decisions um, but like when coming coming down to like if people aren't going to listen to, you know, medical news and information, then we can't, like, force them to change their lives, even for the good of the species. Because, I mean, honestly, at this point, if nobody's listening, then do we really deserve to be continued as a species?
0: I like it when you get existential. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but that's not even a perfect strategy either, because, like, most people who smoke know how bad smoking is for you. But, like, that's not... So just, like, telling people that something is bad for them doesn't necessarily stop that activity, even if when it's something like smoking.
1: True, but maybe it makes them feel a
0: little bit guilty. (laughs) We can try. On the other hand, like, smoking is kind of a bad example because smoking has gone down so dramatically, and now it's so frowned on by society that we've stomped it out, like, really well. And in the United States, um, for most people. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Fraternalism is weird. Health is weird. It's weird when the government gets involved with individual health decisions?
1: It's weird when the government gets involved, period. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So another medical topic that's been in the news is stem cell research. And stem cell research has always been a pretty controversial issue. But uh, recently, the FDA really started cracking down on clinics that were selling treatments that hadn't been approved by the FDA. And it was just like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so...
0: I mean, the FDA in the U.S. kind of has to approve all food and drugs to the Food and Drug Administration. Um, and so if you're not FDA approved, like, it's not... I don't... I, it is, like, a illegal... It's... Generally.
1: It's, like, you have to meet certain expectations slash requirements for them to be, like, this drug is FDA approved. Or, and Or, like, if it's not FDA approved, then you have to, like, call it something else. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and... and um Especially for like new drug treatments, like the process of FDA approval can be really long, um, and in some cases it's, it's actually like people do experimental treatments all the time that are not FDA approved because if you have um, a disease that's very hard to cure um, or there is no cure and you're looking for experimental treatments, like that's how people get subjects for experimental medical studies as um, people volunteer um, because they're looking for a solution and that all of that is very sad and horrible if you think about it for too long but there's there's one side of this like this is medical exploration. like this is how medicine gets pushed forward is if we only use something that's already been approved then we have nothing coming up the pipeline to be approved next you know right
1: it's just like this weird balance and especially this issue just i don't want to say resonates with me but it's definitely something i've thought about a lot um just because you know going to catholic school stem cell research is obviously not really a good idea according to you know whatever the faith um but like with this it's like okay and maybe maybe some part of me is against stem cell research like in theory but in practice like i don't think the fda should be a thing so like it's just like this weird dichotomy of like oh my god we shouldn't have stem cell research but then like eh, if we have stem cell research eh, why not just do whatever you want so it's just this weird ba- i am a contradiction
0: for the record, while I think the FDA is flawed, I do believe
1: it should be a thing.
0: I think that we should have standards for what we're putting in our bodies. I don't know.
1: Ugh, I mean, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> at any rate, the, the other
0: side of this article that we were looking at, though, is that... Um, there's one perspective where it's like this is you know pushing medical frontiers and all this kind of stuff but on the other hand like maybe it's just kind of snake oil and it's just people taking advantage of sick people um and pushing these treatments that aren't actually like even really stem cell treatments in some cases and they're just pretending to be because that sounds like cool and scientific Mm -hmm. which if you do that you're trash
1: yeah and this is one of the problems with capitalism i'm going to admit that there are Whoa. some flaws in capitalistic societies but i'm not blaming it on you know like the incentive itself i'm blaming it on people just being crappy well
0: unfortunately we can only have capitalism as it applies to human beings at the time being so
1: oh, but i really just with. like theory and and living in libertarian land and this beautiful bubble where everyone is rational I live on earth. <laughs> <laughs> that we did it. We summed up the show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Basically, yeah, Quinn and I agree on a lot of things in a bubble, but then when it comes to applying different things, everything is wrong and I hate people. <laughs> what do you
0: think about this case in particular, in this article um, of people doing these like unapproved treatments and
1: advertising stem cell research
0: and all this kind of stuff?
1: I mean, obviously there's something wrong with that just from a moral point of view. Like you should not be doing things or selling things that you don't a hundred percent, you know, support or agree with just because like, I don't know. I, I just feel like this icky feeling inside, but, um, I know some people will do it for, you know, for the sake of making money or getting publicity or like whatever. Um, however, I don't think that. Like, the FDA cracking down on this, it's not going to get rid of the problem. Um, And unfortunately, people are just always going to break the laws. So to me, it's just like, okay, cool, like, the FDA is cracking down, and maybe some things will get better, but in the end, it's not going to be a perfect solution. What about you, Quinn?
0: Yeah, I mean, mean, there are reasons that we have these laws and things like the FDA and, um, like, ethics laws for research, because before we had things like this, uh, we had... Because before we had these kinds of standards, we had things like the Tuskegee syphilis study, which is this abhorrent um, syphilis study that happened many years ago, in which they let syphilis in African-American men go untreated for years and years and years, even after a cure for syphilis was discovered. And it, it was just, it was horrific. Um, and so when this information came out about what happened, I mean, obviously people were horrified and they ended up putting laws in place and it's the same kind of logic that goes and applies to, um, medical studies in general and like the FDA and like, this is why we don't just have people doing whatever they want with unapproved medicine and we need to have kind of standards or else, you know, the evils of humanity will stretch their limits and, um, do what they do.
1: It just, like, really bothers me that, you know, things would be so much easier slash more straightforward if transparency was just, like, a universal concept that everyone followed. Um, And Uh, If only everyone was honest. (laughs) uh, Oh, my God, yeah. Um, So, to me, this is just, like, I don't even know what to think slash do. I can't really do slash... Yeah, I can't really do anything. So, it's just... I just have no hope anymore. I just want to clarify. I just said that
0: Tuskegee Syphilis study was many years ago. It started in 1932, but it didn't end until 1972. And it was conducted by the United States Public Health Service. I just want to clarify like how horrible this was. Um, but anyway, that's a side note. It was really bad.
1: Yeah, that's 40 years of mistakes.
0: Yeah, 40 years. Approved of mistakes. It's very bad. This is... And I, they're definitely... And I, I don't want to compare these, like stem cell research studies, the Skigi-Siflo study, like, obviously different levels of things going on, Um, but I'm just using that as a drastic example of what happens when we don't have um, standards in place for medical studies, which is why I think it's, and yeah, like, again, like, we do need to have people pushing the boundaries and developing new treatments, but they need to be, they need to be done in ways um, with the proper subjects and, like, the methods that keep everyone as safe as possible.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, I still don't believe in the FDA. But yeah, definitely. Quinn is just like, oh my god, why you do this? Welcome back, Jillian. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you just love having me around so we can argue in person? On an unrelated note, Quinn looks really pretty right now because she has, like, I just love her as a blonde. Like, I think you look really good. I've always been blonde. I know, but like, now you're like a lighter blonde. Okay. You know who also <laughs> has light blonde hair? <laughs> who? Taylor
0: Swift. Okay, I swear to God, Julian just looked at me and went, I have such a good transition. And I was like, what? First of
1: all, that literally wasn't a transition.
0: Okay, well, mm,
1: tomato, tomato. Transition, transition, transition. Who knows? Oh, my God.
0: Um, at any rate, I think Taylor Swift has been the last couple pop culture segments, but this is a Taylor Swift podcast now a taylor swift world and we are just living in it
1: (laughs) so we talked about um our taylor swift theory or you know the internet's general taylor swift theory that happened to be true where during the during the eclipse or right before the eclipse taylor swift took down like her website all the pictures on instagram like all of her social media and it was just like a blackout and there were you know, photos of this snakes because like a reference to what Kim Kardashian called her. And it's just, she, like the internet was right. And she is releasing new music and her album reputation is coming out on November 10th. AKA that is when me and Quinn are just going to like sit in a room of like complete silence and just like listen to it.
0: You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was so annoyed because we we recorded really early last week and then, like, the song had come out by the time yeah. the episode came out or something like that, when we she hadn't even announced it yet. So it was a whole thing. But, yeah, so this first song has been released now. It's called Look What You Made Me Do. Now, I want to ask you, when the first the song was first released, before the video was released, what did you think of it?
1: I, like, liked it. Okay, you liked it. I did like it. Um, Although I was annoyed that it did sound a lot like too sexy for my shirt and then i was like oh that's annoying because like why did it sound so familiar but then i found out that she like got permission to use you know uh their music so to me that just like made it better and i'm just like oh my god i love that song because it's just like it just like makes fun of you know modern music and because this video is basically her making fun of herself i thought it was a really good fit so i liked it but what about you quinn yeah i was like i also appreciate
0: that because people were like why does it sound like i'm too sexy for my shirt but it's like it's actually just taken from that music so it totally makes sense it's not just like a weird
1: coincidence yeah and it's funny too because like they didn't the the songwriters and the performer of too sexy for my shirt i like, didn't know that it was gonna be taylor swift using it like he just like like her agency or her record studio or whatever just called them and they were like hey can we use like this part of your song for this female artist who hasn't really published anything in a while but like she's pretty famous and they were like yeah sure why not and then it just happens to be taylor swift and they were like oh my god
0: <laughs> i'm shook yeah. but know um i did not like the song when i first heard it i wanted to i didn't really like it i thought the chorus was annoying i was like whatever and then the video came out <laughs> and that's when the world stopped spinning <laughs> Yo, okay. The video is so good, I love it, and it made me like the song because it because it's crafted so exquisitely, and you see the way that, that it's crafted for the song and how they work together. Mm-hmm. And once I watched it, once I watched the video and heard the song at the same time, I was able to appreciate it on another level. And now I actually really like it. And I'm like, what has she done to my brain?
1: It's crazy how much music videos can still have an impact because like a lot of. I'm not, okay, I'm going to pick on Drake here. But, like, when I watch, like, Drake music videos, like, the music video does nothing to add value to the song. Like, it's just like, okay, he's in the club, like, cool story. But with this, it's just like, it changes your perspective and how the music video is just, like, makes you realize the significance of the song. And although this didn't happen to me with this song, I didn't like Bad Blood until the music video came out. Mm-hmm. Also, the Kendrick Lamar verse also made it a lot better to yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. But... Yeah, yeah.
0: But no, that, that's so true. And I, and I love it when a video reinvents the meaning of a song. Like, you think it's about one thing, and then a video presents another interpretation of it. And you're like, ooh, I didn't think about it like that before. That's so cool. Um, and then, have you seen the video for Charlie XCX, Boys?
1: I have not.
0: Okay. So this is... I love this video so much. Charlie XCX just released a song called Boys recently. And the video is just... It's, like, 50 different male celebrities just, like, doing random things. And some of them – are it's supposed to be this, like, shift of the male gaze and so like, make them do the sexy thing. So, like, one of them is washing a car and whatever. But it's also just, like – it's so sweet. It's very pink and soft. And it's just, like, men having fun and smiling. And I just love the way it presents masculinity in this just, like, really friendly and nice way. And they all look like they're having such a good time. And, I, and the song, and I think that if I hadn't seen the video, because the song's a little repetitive, I think it would have kind of annoyed me, but since I saw the way it was paired with the video, I just absolutely loved it, and I've just been listening to the song over and over again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so Also, Joe Jonas is in it, and he eats pancakes, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Question, pancakes or waffles? See, here's the thing. My answer has changed. A few years ago, I would have said waffles 100%, but I've switched to a pancakes girl. No.
1: I have. Stop. I have. <laughs> I used to just, like, love pancakes growing up, but, like, I think I became a waffle person towards the end of high school because it's a texture thing for me. I don't know what it is. I used to I used to
0: really love waffles. I still love waffles, but now I just appreciate pancakes so much more, especially, like,
1: big IHOP pancakes. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see the allure of pancakes, but for me, it's just, like, with waffles, you can, like, the little craters or whatever <laughs> you can put syrup in them and then also you can eat waffles like with your hands like the lego Ego, whatever and you can just like dip it's like mm-hmm. harder to do with pancakes but i do appreciate i do think though that pancakes are prettier i will say that
0: yeah they're definitely more aesthetic but no yeah um so i always a lot to talk about with her and we've covered some of this before about how she's like pretty problematic in a lot of ways um, and she's got like this whole white feminism thing going on. And she was, she stayed apolitical during the last election, which she's trying to present herself as a
1: feminist, but also like wouldn't come out in support of Hillary Clinton against Trump, which is like kind of weird. Um, I thought that was very weird. And I did not, I, everyone knows that I don't like Hillary Clinton, but like even I, even I was like accepting of the fact that celebrities wouldn't come out and support her. So it was, it was shocking that Taylor Swift did not, because she supported Obama pretty openly.
0: Yeah, it was pretty weird that she did not say anything or lend any support. Um, she puts one picture that was like vote, but she didn't say who she voted for. And like, mm, Taylor, you can't really be a feminist and also not say anything about Donald Trump, you know? Yeah.
1: Also, two things. One, did we we talked about what our favorite Taylor Swift album was, right? Oh we'll yeah, we talked we'll about, talk that about this. Yes. And then two, is it? So I always say Taylor Swift, but in the picture to burn music video, her friend calls her Taylor. Like, more Tay and less tail.
0: I have never thought about that. (laughs) Uh, It really just... I think the distinction is so slight that you don't have to worry about it. Okay. Um, you could just call her Tay-Tay.
1: Or just T-S. Or Swifty. Or T-Swizzle.
0: Yeah, there you go. Any of the above. (laughs) Um... Yeah, she is somewhat problematic. Also, like, probably definitely lied about the whole Kim K Kanye thing, regardless of what she says. And I'm still, I'm so on the, the fence about this because what I said last episode, which I stand by, is what I want her to do is embrace, like, her ruthless self and stop playing the victim. And I can't decide if this video is a signal that she's doing that or
1: not doing that. Oh, I think she's definitely doing it. You think so? I think she, I think it took a few albums and a few, like, celebrity mishaps for her to realize that, like... Yeah, she can play the really, like, she can play a good victim, you know what I mean? Because she has this very sweet persona, and, like, she's, like, America's country sweetheart, whatever. But, like, she also is an extremely intelligent businesswoman, especially when she tried to, like, patent lines from her songs. Yeah. Like Like, um, nice to meet you, how you been, or whatever. Well, from- she, she definitely wasn't patenting them.
0: Not like patenting them, but she them. trademarking
1: them, yeah. <laughs> and like she didn't want pra- products to like sell with those like words on. Even though some of the lines from the song were pretty like I don't know. I feel like I've said that a bunch of times without. Yeah, some of them are a little far. Yeah, it was it was a bit much, but oh my god, I think she's. It's weird because like you should be more likable when you're like nice and sweet, but like I like her so much more when she's just like ruthless and just you know this neck that she is. Oh, for sure. Because, sorry, Snake. sneaky Snake.
0: <laughs> oh my God, we're horrible. But yeah, no, um, because it, it's not genuine when she's being like all sweet. And it, I think it maybe at one point it was genuine, but like everyone sees through that now. And so I think she's finally learned to move past that. Like there was a skit at the end of um, her video where she had she was playing herself of like different tailors through the years and making fun of her past self and like. Um, and, but it's sort of, it's hard to see, like, I feel like it's layers on layers and I can't tell if she is truly, um, making fun of herself or just making fun of the way the media made fun of her, you know?
1: Cause I feel like it's a little bit of both.
0: Yeah. It could, it's probably both but also this is the thing is that because the song made me think it was just targeted towards kim kardashian and yeah Kanye, but the video made me think it's actually a lot more about the way the media portrays her and using that particular incident as sort of like a catalyst for a lot of the imagery but a, a lot of it seemed like it was pointed more towards the media as opposed to like those people specifically
1: mm-hmm. especially with regard to just how she's handled past relationships because the media always harped on that for and sure. i mean like yeah she did date a lot but like Guys, like Leo DiCaprio literally has a new model girlfriend every other week, but like no, the media doesn't say anything about it. They're just like Leo DiCaprio seen with like beautiful model on like on European cruise, and then with Taylor Swift, it's like she goes bowling with somebody, and it's like Taylor Swift finds new man, like can't like (laughs) can't settle down, like blah 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 blah. Yeah, which is just another double standard that we're not going to get into because it literally will become a rant. (laughs) I've got a blank space, maybe read your name i feel like blank space was definitely the
0: precursor to this album oh my god i love for sure and i love blank space yeah but i mean it was the same kind of thing where she's making fun of herself but she's also just like skewering the way the media makes fun of her um and and making this like really funny video that's beautifully produced and paints her as the villain um but also like shows the way that it's silly the way they're painting her as the villain mm-hmm. and it's just so carefully con- constructed yeah and i feel like she's jumping off of that place in her last album to get to where she is for reputation which i'm very excited to listen to
1: yeah she also has hella alpha changes in that video oh 100% oh my god did you take the buzzfeed quiz that was like which taylor swift version are you in blank space oh my god no I i'm the go. i'm the one where she's stabbing the cake Wait, I did take this. I'm the one where she's eating the apple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure they have not updated one for um, Look What You Made Me Do, so I'll have to take that one.
1: Yeah. Send send me the link. Okay.
0: <laughs> I think that, But I think the rest of the album is really going to dictate how I think about this era of Taylor Swift, because I'm still on the fence about it. I, I like this song. I still think she's very problematic, but she is my problematic fave. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, and... But I think that, like, if the rest of the album pushes her more in this, like, really interesting and exciting direction, then I think it's going to be great and really perfect, like, how I think about this song. But if it goes in another direction, then I think it's going to taint, like, my perspective of it.
1: It's funny because I never really went through a don't like Taylor Swift phase. There was one part, like, no matter what she did, I always really liked her. I think there was one period where I just, like, did not like her, and that was specifically stylistic. Like, I didn't really like her Red album. So it was just like, oh, this is annoying. Like, it's getting very repetitive. But, like, it was never, I didn't like her. It was always just like, ah, she's great.
0: Yeah, I think the Red Era was the most lukewarm for me as well. I also just like the age that we were at that time. It was yeah. kind of like, it, she was seeming a little juvenile. Mm-hmm, um, that's it, that's but, it. But then she came back and, like, totally switched it around. Oh, yeah, and, like, that one, Speak Now, the one album everyone forgets. He was like, "Speak now is definitely like the worst era of Taylor Swift for us."
1: I think Fearless was my favorite. I think that was when I was like most mm-hmm. Taylor Swift fan crazy. Yeah,
0: and then Red was like kind of whatever, but then Red was lukewarm when yeah. 1989 came out. Oh my I god! Totally turned everything around. Straight
1: fire. Straight fire. And Reputation is. I really hope there's like some sort of Joan Jet reference. Yeah, I mean she's
0: she's really good at references. So yeah. I think at least in a video she'll probably do some stuff.
1: Ugh, amazing. I should hope so. Fingers crossed.
0: I love doing this
1: show. I love how we can talk about um, really strong world events, but also Taylor Swift, and it yeah. all fits. It's great. Also, I think Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian are just the perfect representation of how there's no such thing as bad publicity, because no matter what they do, like they just become more famous and more successful. That's so
0: true, because I feel like they're they both get negative attention constantly
1: i think their negative attention is more prominent than their positive attention
0: yeah especially i mean not always for taylor Swift, but in the last few years for sure um and it's just they just thrive in it yeah although did you see the article that um a source close to kim k and kanye said they thought that taylor's new song was pathetic they thought it was pathetic that she was like still so obsessed with this old feud and they were moving on and just raising their family which, like, honestly, they have positioned themselves as, like, the adults
1: in this situation, for sure. Oh, like Kim K and... Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think they definitely have done that. Um, I think they, they... I mean, they totally... When that whole thing went down with the famous... With the famous... I mean, when that whole thing went down with the song Famous, they definitely came out looking the best, which is the whole point of Taylor's new song. But, yeah.
1: Even though, like... I, I, it's weird because in this fight, I, like wanted to side with Taylor Swift, but, like, also, like, the evidence was pretty incriminating, and I do think that it was structured so that Kim and Kanye would come out as, like, the good, righteous, whatever. But, like, honestly, I think it would have been, it would have been more dope for Taylor, I think, if she just, like, admitted it and was just like, yeah, but, like, still, I I don't know. And I think she kind of did because she was like, yeah, but I didn't listen to the entire song and it was taken out of context and blah, blah, blah. But, Whatever. Yeah. And someone also pointed out that, like, rappers
0: get into feuds all the time and, like, no one cares and calls them petty or weird. Like, I don't even... I could... You probably could tell me better um, which rappers get into feuds, but I know, like, Meek Mills keeps getting beat up by other people. Oh, my God.
1: So, like, rap feuds just help them sell albums. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Tupac and Biggie had, like, one of the biggest feuds of all time. Um, and then there was a the whole Drake-Meek uh, Mill incident with, like, Nicki Minaj, and they were just, like, dissing each other. And, I mean, I think half of these are just publicity stunts. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that so- some of them definitely are. Um, there was a while where, like, everyone is pretty sure that... I'm still not 100% convinced that maybe the whole thing between Kim Kardashian and Taylor Swift was just a publicity stunt. I kind of think it isn't. I kind of think they actually hate each other. Um, but it's always possible. But, yeah, the point is just, like... We have these feuds in music all the time, so Taylor's still making music about it actually isn't that extraordinary.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just think it's like, yeah, they probably hate each other, but I also think there, is, there has to be some level of respect. I or I, maybe, not, maybe not like respect in like the traditional sense, but it's just like, hmm, I know what you're capable of. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's sort of like the respect between like the police officers and criminals.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I see
0: you. I see you. I see what you're trying I'm to trying do Trying to here. catch you. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I think that's all we have time for today. So if you would like to see our show notes, send us some feedback. Um, you can do that at relay.fm slash mixedfeelings. You can also find us on Twitter at fm, where you can tweet us or send us a DM. You can find me
1: on Twitter at aspiringrobotfm. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thank you for talking with me, Jillian, and being here with me. Oh, Thanks for talking to me, Quinn, and being in the same time zone. I'm Quinn Rose. I'm Jillian Parker.
0: And these were our Mixed Feelings.